Luke chapter number 5. The gospel according to Luke, chapter number 5. And it came to pass. Everything you're believing God for is going to come to pass. And it came to pass that as the people pressed, everybody say pressed. Come on, say it like you mean it, pressed. Upon him to hear the word, to hear the word of God, he, which is Jesus, stood by the lake of Gennesaret. It came to pass that as the people pressed on him, as the people pressed on him to hear the word while Jesus was standing next to the lake, that Jesus, we'll find out in a minute, began to try to find a way to deliver the word to the people. When they began to press on him. Now I have children. I know what being pressed upon feels like. When I come home and I'm tired and it's late at night, and I'm, I just want to watch about five minutes of, of TBN and go to sleep or five minutes of Sports Center and go to sleep. Listen, my kids, they, they'll hear that. They'll hear my truck come in the drive. Maybe my truck's too loud. They'll hear my truck come in the driveway. They'll hear that door open. Maybe I need to grease the door. They hear the door open and ring. They hear me close the door. They hear the dog bark a couple times. And man, they could be uh, dead asleep and they will wake up and they will run in and they'll stick their little heads around the corner and say daddy is that you I say it's me baby come over here and see me and they jump on or jump on the, the the chair and then they start pressing on me what well, what did you do today daddy well, well I, daddy worked all day well what'd you do dad well listen okay so I started out in this town then I was in this town and I had to do this had to do this well, well, well then what'd you do what'd you have for lunch I don't remember even eating lunch you didn't eat lunch mama didn't feed you <laughs> I said well Mom, is, I mean, I'm older than you. I can fix my own lunch occasionally. Yeah, you're four, okay? I'm, I'm older than that. But they'll press on these kids. They press on you. They say, Daddy, 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 can we go fishing today? Well, well not today. Tomorrow. Oh, well, I don't know about tomorrow. Uh, the day after tomorrow. And just, they just press. They just, they just press. The Bible says this. The Bible said when Jesus had some kids that were starting to press on him, that his disciples uh, effectively, uh, they began to just say, hey, you guys need to leave Jesus alone. He's too busy for you kids. And Jesus said, hold the phone, Peter. He said, you let those babies come to me. As a matter of fact, give me one of those lads. And he sat him on his knee and he said, you guys can't even make it to heaven unless you are converted like one of these kids and a kid's got no problem pressing on somebody that they want to talk to. Their grandparents, uh, we have great, we have wonderful grandparents on both sides. My parents and my wife's parents, they do phenomenal with our kids. When they walk in the room, my kids, they go like into hyperdrive. They begin to press on them. They begin to just pursue them. They begin to try to figure out if they got any money in their pocket. You got some money? No. You got some candy? No. You got something to drink? No. Why are you here? <laughs> they don't say that. But they press on them. My kids will press on me. I remember we, uh, we first had Haley, our first baby. She's nine now, about to be ten in a month. Loves God with all her heart. Just, just a powerful young lady for God. But, but I remember I was talking to my doctor 
uh, my doctor's a good man, been our doctor for over 10 years, and, and just a real good man, and we were talking about kids, and you know, I, Haley was, was just a little baby, she was just starting where she could walk, and she'd come, and i never forget when I would come home, and, and we had a glass uh, door in the back, and she would bang on that door when she saw my truck. I remember I, I'd look over from my truck, because the driveway was here, I'd look over and I'd see that little baby banging on the glass, because daddy was home, and I thought, man, i got to have my act together now. So I would, I would get myself happy on purpose, and I'd go and I'd pick her up and I'd squeeze her and I'd tickle her and I'd go, I'd go throw her on the bed and tickle her on the bed. Then I'd, I'd let her chase me around the house. And I still do that today with my other kids and her. But, but all, all through, it was, just, it was just a real precious time. And I remember we were having a talk one time, me and my doctor. And he said to me, he said, sometimes, he said, I have to stop a half a mile from the house. He said, sometimes I'll sit there 15 minutes, sometimes I'll sit there 5 minutes, sometimes 30 minutes. He said, but I know my children didn't do anything today that has brought any frustration that is on me from work, that is on me from the world, that is on me with some adult decision I've got to make. So when I walk through the doors of my house, I'm going to be as happy or more happy to see them than they are to see me because they have not deserved any of the frustration that's on my life right now. And I thought, brother, that's brilliant. I used to live on a road called uh, Greenwater Drive. And I would stop right at the beginning of Greenwater Drive on days when I was a little bit frustrated. Still do it today. But now I've got a really long driveway, so I can stop at the end of it. But I would, drive, I would stop it on Greenwater Drive. And I'd sit there and I'd say, Lord, I thank you in the name of Jesus that I can cast my cares upon you. I thank you that my mind has stayed on you. Therefore, I have perfect peace. I thank you in the name of Jesus that when I see those babies, they're going to see the love of God pour out of me like the Father that you are to me. I'm going to be to them in the name of Jesus. I'll never put my frustrations of the world and business and work and all the other things things that happen on them I'm going to celebrate them the way they celebrate me and more and let me tell you this if your purpose to never put the frustrations of your life on your children your children will never have to deal with the frustrations that you deal with let me say it different David if you'll kill Goliath Solomon can have a temple There's giants in your life. You kill them, your babies don't have to. There's giants in your life. You deal with them, your children don't have to. It doesn't mean that they won't maybe try. It just means they'll see them as a defeated foe and not something that has caused attitudes and issues in life to change and shift. And now we're, now we're like a, 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 just a limb being uh, blown about in the breeze. But here, here's the situation. All these people, they're pressing on Jesus. They're pressing on Jesus. And, and Jesus began to find a way to get the word to them. If you're taking notes, write this down. When you desire to hear the word, listen to this. God will get the word to you. When you come to church, I encourage you, if it's your first time here, I'm, I'm, I'm happy you're kicking tires and we'd love to meet you after service. I'll be in a, a room back there called the First Touch Lounge. I'd love to say hello. We even have a free gift for you. Uh, but if you're a member of this church and you're, you're living for God and you're, you're pursuing the things of God and you're, you're all about it, listen to me. I ask you as your pastor, don't come in here thinking you're fixing to hear a motivational speaker. Don't come in here th- like you're fixing to watch you know, your favorite soap opera. Don't come in here like you're fixing. I want you to come in here trying to put a demand on the Word of God because when you begin to press and try to receive the Word of God, listen, most of the time you're going to receive something that I say not because I say it, but because you are pressing to receive it. 
Because you are desiring to receive it. Because you are pressing to get there. No, i got plenty of times in our Bible where there's plenty of people that are around Jesus, but all of them don't get the miracle. But the ones who press, the ones who desire, the ones who say, man, I'm coming to the house of God. I'm not wasting God's time. I'm not wasting my time. In Jesus' name, the kids all got their shoes on. Most of their shoes match and one of them's tied. We're going to get into the house of God. When we get into the house of God, I'm going to sit there. I'm going to open my Bible. I'm going to write down a note. If I get a note, if I put it on my iPhone, I'm going to put it on my iPhone. But I'm going to do everything I can to try to hear what God's trying to say in this time and this generation. Because one word from God can change your life for eternity. I've had words, I remember one time, one, one in particular. I was, I, was, I was a young man, we'd just gotten married, and I was repenting every, every service, every service. I'm at the altar just, oh God, I did it again. Oh. And I was like, man, I, just, I don't know how these people do it. I don't know, I don't know how. And, and, and I was sitting there, and, but I wasn't repenting for things I'd done, I was repenting for things that came in my mind. Let me give you an example. There's there's a road uh, in Houston, and it's called Beltway 8. It goes in a big old circle like this. And you ought to be able to make it around in about 30, 45 minutes. But around 7.30 in the morning on a weekday, you can't make it around it in three days. There's just cars everywhere. And somebody would cut me off. And my mind would immediately go from, I need to tell them what I think. Now, I wouldn't do it. Most of the time, but, 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 but my mind would go raw. And I'd be like, Lord, I can't believe I did that. And I'd, I'd be praying at night. I'd be, Lord, I, I'm so sorry I did it again. I had that thought. And then all of a sudden, just in the middle of a sermon, he didn't even say, take notes here. He, but my pastor, he said this. He said, temptation to sin is not sin. Even Jesus was tempted. I said, I'm repenting for being tempted. I'm apologizing for the devil trying to do something to me. And all of a sudden, I began to walk in this victory that I hadn't experienced. I don't even think it was one of the main points of his sermon, but that one thing has supplied my peace for for over 10 years now. When a fiery dart of the enemy comes in my mind, lest the summer, I'll say it like this. He said, you're not responsible for the first thought that comes in your mind. You're responsible for what you do with it. You're going to get fiery darts. And if you're not getting one occasionally, I start to wonder if you're doing anything for God. Because the enemy, he wants to stop people that are doing stuff for God. So for you and for me, when we come to the house of God, listen, when, we, when we're watching uh, 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 or listening to our favorite sermon or, or you're on the podcast you're listening or you're, you're pursuing that, listen, you come in here and you, you come in here ready to go. You come in here ready to receive because when you come and put a demand on the Word of God, listen to me, the Word of God will find a way to you. Jesus was in a place where in the natural, He couldn't speak to all the people. But He looked and He saw two ships standing by the lake but the fishermen were gone out of them washing their nets. So Jesus recognizes the demand from the people to hear the word of God. So he says, well, bless God. If, 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 if they want to hear the word so bad, I'm going to find a way to get the word to them. And he looks around and boom, there's two boats sitting there. And there's nobody in them because the men were washing their nets. Here in a minute, he's going to have an encounter with one of those guys in particular named Peter. But he looks and he says, he says, he says, there's some boats. And he entered into one of the boats, one of the ships, verse 3, which was Simon's, which he would later call Peter. And he prayed him, he asked him that he would thrust out a little from the land. 
And he sat down and taught the people out of the ship. Which is to say this. You working and being diligent will never cause you to miss God. I hear all the time, what do I have to do to, I want to fulfill the call of God on my life. I want to, I want to do what God calls me to do. Uh, that's almost the number one question that ever comes to me when, when I sit down with people. Is, is I want to fulfill it. Well, listen to this. You will never miss the call of God by working and being diligent. You will never miss the call of God on your life by working and being diligent. Elisha did twice as many miracles as one of the greatest prophets in our Bible named Elijah. And Elijah, he didn't even have to die. The Bible says that a chariot of fire came and picked him up when his work was done. But Elisha was not anointed to be the next great prophet of that time based off of the fact that he knew the Scripture backwards and forwards, based off the fact that he was sitting there uh, every night uh, 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 constantly trying to figure out, I don't want to miss my call. No, in the middle of a drought, the Bible said he had 12 yoke of oxen plowing while everybody else was sitting on their laurels. If you'll be diligent, even in dry seasons, God will show up in the right time. Moses was tending sheep, was tending a flock whenever he looked up and he saw a, a bush that was on fire that the voice of God spoke out of and told him what he was going to do with his life. David missed his own anointing party. He was going to be the king of Israel and all of his brothers were paraded like show pigs in front of, uh, uh, in front of the prophet Samuel. And he said, which one of these is going to be the king? That's what his daddy Jesse said. And he went by, he said, not this one, not this one, not this one, not this one. And finally, Samuel looks at Jesse and says, Jesse, you got any more boys? Well, I got one. Well, where is he? Well, he's out tending the sheep. You mean to tell me he's working? He's busy. He's got his hand to the plow. You mean to tell me he's got effort behind this thing? You understand faith without works is dead. If you'll put your hand to the plow, you will not miss God. Our Bible is filled with people, with places that literally God finds them in the midst of their situation. So these fishermen, they had fished all night, which means they were diligent. They were washing their nets, which means they respected what God had entrusted them with already and they were trying to take care of it. And when Jesus showed up in their boat, even though it says they weren't there, Jesus made sure to have communication with them. You and me go through times in our life where we're like, oh God, I don't like what I'm doing right now. I can't stand what I'm doing right now. I wish it was different. I wish it was better. But listen to me. If you won't grow weary in well-doing at the moment when you're just, if you just thought, man, I'm having a, a horrible, no good, very bad day. I fished all night. I didn't catch anything. I'm just over there washing my nets. Before that morning is over, Jesus is almost going to sink his boat with fish. You working and being diligent? That, our Bible is riddled with people who are chosen from those crowds. Well, all the naysayers on the side. Oh, I don't like that. I, I just, it doesn't feed me. I don't feel like I'm getting fed. I don't feel like them people, they, they're, too, they're too loud about it. They love God too much. They wave their hands. I even saw a lady dancing over there. I don't understand why they're dancing over there. What are they dancing about? I don't understand why they're so excited about it. It doesn't make any sense to me. Listen to me. The more diligent you become serving God, and the Bible says that we do our work as unto the Lord, which means we don't work for our employer directly. We work for our employer but we're actually working for Jesus Christ when we put our hand to the plow in that fashion what happens is the hand of God the calling of God the next step for you shows up in the moment when you need it most and you don't even know when that is Peter didn't know he needed that he just thought I'm going to fish 
I, I'm going to enjoy it. He was Galilean. There, the, uh, Josephus uh, writes about Galilean and says they were always up for adventure. Says that they were, they were always chivalrous, but bold. You, you know the type, the, the, I mean, a fisherman in that age, if you just picture it, you know, they're, they're the type, they'd probably be the first to get into a little scuffle, but they would be the first to open the door for a lady. They're the first to sign up for the, for the uh, uh, whitewater rafting trip. Matter of fact, if there was 10 life jackets and there was 11 people going, they'd say, I don't need one, brother, I'm fine. Galileans. Jesus chose from among them, but literally found them busy. He found them being diligent. He found them working. He found them putting their hand to the plow. And Jesus got in a boat and sat down, and he began to talk, teach the people out of the ship, which is to say this. Simon Peter's boat was his profession, and his profession turned into the perfect pulpit. Your profession is one of the greatest opportunities you have to be a witness to those around you. Because everybody here, uh, unless you're, you know, uh, like, a, like, a, like a dog catcher in, in a town with ten people, at your job, when you go to it, you're probably going to see one or two people as a minimum. Most of us more than that. You're going to deal with contractors. You're going to deal with subcontractors. Literally, your profession, it's like God bringing people to you. We have to go out to try to win the loss. We have to go get them at every turn. And we do outreach and we try and we, we're focused on it. We don't slow down about it. But listen, what happens is when you go to work, it's like God has said, listen, these are some people I'm going to bring to you five days a week, sometimes for 40 hours, sometimes more time than you will spend with your family. During the week, these people are going to be around you. And we're looking outside of it, trying to figure out, oh God, I wish you'd call me into ministry. And there's 12 people that are hurting and dying and bleeding all around us. Because your profession can be your pulpit. Matter of fact, most times in our scripture, that's where it starts. And sometimes it's, it's, it's the greatest calling you can imagine. I still have people to this day that call me from over 15 years ago that I worked with on a daily basis. And we would, we would, it wasn't like I was beating the Bible on them all the time. It wasn't like it was constant. But you're going to have lunch. You're going to have, you're going to eat eating a Subway sandwich with somebody. And you're going to be able to recognize, because you've been around them so long, you're going to be able to recognize when they're like, most time they're like, they're feeling like a 10, and then they come in, they're like a 6. Their whole attitude's like a 6. And you say, what's wrong? Brother, what's wrong? Susie? Well, well, you know, I, I don't want to put my stuff on you, but I got my son, he's just, I got this thing, he's got this report, and doctors haven't been able to figure it out. You just sit there with your sandwich? Hmm. That's a meatball sub. Put down your sub, have a drink of Sprite. You say to him, well, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to pray and believe God in the name of Jesus that that sickness becomes a thing of the past and I'm going to pray until you tell me it's broken. Let me tell you what happens. 99 out of 100 times, the presence of God, the power of God, maybe not exactly how we feel and sense Him when we're all together. This is like, this is like the safe place. 
But the power and the presence of God begins to move because what happens is the Bible promises that His Word, when you will say His Word, it will not return void. Now the power of God has an opportunity to walk and to work in that person's life. All because you were in the right place at the right time. And listen to this. You didn't have to do anything to get audience with them because you work with them five days a week. I still get phone calls. I got one recently. It was about 2 o'clock in the morning. Buzz, buzz, buzz. I don't know why they call it silent. It's not silent on your phone. Buzz, buzz, buzz. I look over and I'm not going to answer it because it's 2 o'clock in the morning, right? And I look and it's a, it's a friend of mine. And I answer the phone. I said, I said, hello? You awake? Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, just, yeah. Now. You got a minute all the time in the world. What's up? You remember that time we had that talk and you said that if I did this and, and if I believe, I said, I do. You still believe that? With all my heart, I think I'm ready. Because my current profession was my pulpit. And it works perfect because you don't even have to go get them. They're already there. Now, when he left speaking, when he got done speaking, after the word of God was preached, let me say it that way, he said to Simon, the one who let him borrow the boat, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a draught or for a catch. When he was done ministering the word, he told him, now you need to launch out. There are Christians in America today that have more word on the inside of them than some of the greatest missionaries that are having revivals with tens of thousands of people in uh, Asia, in Africa, in South America. Not because uh, uh, they know more than we do, but because when they received the word, they chose to launch out into the deep. When Jesus, when the Word of God speaks to you, it's time to respond to the Word. Peter says to Jesus, uh, Master, listen, I appreciate this. We have toiled all night. We fished all night long. And we didn't catch anything. Nevertheless... At your word, I'll let down the net. Now, let's just, let's just think about this conversation for a minute. Jesus gets done preaching the bread of life, the word of the living God, to all these wonderful people that were pressing on him, that desired to hear from him. He took Simon's profession and he transformed it into one of the most public and, and beautiful pulpits that has ever existed. We still talk about it today. And uh, Peter says to him, he says, I fished all night long. Now, we know that God never says anything that He doesn't know the answer, nor does He ever ask us a question that He doesn't know the answer. So Jesus knew Peter had fished all night long. So what Jesus said to Peter was this, I want you to take your ship, I want you to push it out into the deep water, and I want you to try one more time. 
Some of you, you've been pressing on something. You've been believing God in an area and it seems like you've been believing Him for ages and, and years and maybe even decades and, and you're like, I don't know what to do. I'm, I'm being diligent. I'm, I'm cleaning my nets. I'm not disrespectful of what God has put in my care, custody, and control. I'm not disrespectful of what God has done in my life. But, but, but I don't know what to do. I'm doing everything I know to do. I am literally performing at the best of my ability and I'm not just saying that. The word of the Lord for you today, try one more time. And if you drop your nets and it comes up empty, try one more time. I don't know exactly what I'll be doing uh, five years from now, but I know I will be doing it one more time. I don't know exactly what our church is going to look like. It will not be this building, I promise you. This will probably be like a school, maybe a Bible school or a, or a, or a youth facility. I don't, I don't know all the future, but what I do know by the power of the living God, if something doesn't work, we will try again. Sometimes perseverance beats perfect performance. But in our lives, we, we get to the place where we hear the voice of God. Jesus knew they had fished all night. Peter was saying, I've done everything in my capacity. And Jesus basically said, man, I, I know. For me, will you do it once more? He lets down his net, the Bible said, at his word, verse 6. And when they had this done, I love the way King James said it. When they had this done, they enclosed a great multitude of fish and their net started to break. Which is to say this, if you will do what God tells you to do, according to Malachi chapter 3 and verse 10, He will open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing that you do not have room enough to contain. Your net is not big enough. And, and, and what's powerful happens in the next verse, and they beckoned unto their partners. Maybe, maybe they were yelling. Maybe they were shouting. I don't know. Maybe it was so far that they had to just wave and give hand signals. Or maybe their partners heard them yelling and screaming because if you're a fisherman, there's a, there's a new language that, that, that we all have. When, when you are fishing, you speak English or Spanish or, or Italian, whatever your current language is. That's what you speak. But when you get a fish on, you immediately begin to speak that language. You go, mm, there he is. Woo! 
Every fisherman on the planet, I fished all over. Listen, I fished on docks, I fished on jetties, I fished at the beach, I fished on boats. I had a real nice boat I fished in, but all this different stuff. And I remember, man, you'd be fishing and, and you'd be you'd be watching, you'd be on a dock, and all of a sudden you'd hear woo, and you'd look over and you're trying to figure out what's he fishing with, where did he cast it, and while he's getting his fish out of the water, you're walking over where he is real slow, like they don't know. You know what I'm saying? And you're like you like just drop it over and you're standing there, and then you act like it's your tackle box and then they come over they're like hey brother you're in my spot I'm like oh sorry sorry brother oh man I'll move now because there's a language that fishermen have maybe they were just pulling in come on fish money 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 what do you mean money I mean Peter was a fisherman he caught fish to sell fish to supply for his family so when Jesus decided he was going to bless him he blessed him where he put his hand to the plow Some of us, we want, oh God, would you please open the windows of heaven and we get a call the next day, say we got 15 hours of overtime available, do you want it? And you're like, man, I don't want to work that much. Jesus said, I'm trying to break your net. Pulling those fish in. Hey, 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 you guys get over here. Help us pull these fish in. And they beckoned none of the partners which were there on the other ship that they should come and help them. And they came and filled, listen to this, both ships. If Jesus were to prophesy, He would have said, Thus saith the Lord, If you will give me but one ship, I will sinketh both ships with fish. Whatever you put in the hands of God, He always returns good measure, pressed down, shaken together. And listen to this, running over. What do you mean running over? I mean they were breaking their net so much it was running over what that ship could contain. So they had to go get another boat. This works with your peace. It works with your joy. If... if, if you're needing some, some love in your life, listen, begin to sow love. Begin to sow kindness. If you say, man, I just, I know I need God to move in my life. Take a note from Peter and get diligent about what he's got you doing right now and you will find him showing up on your behalf. But so many times in our life, we try to figure out what's the next step. And we want to skip the step we're on. But the Bible says, the steps of the righteous are ordered by God. We, we, I wish it said the escalator of the righteous. The elevator. Come on, the hot air balloon. The rocket ship. Let's just, boom. And sometimes God will just bypass some stuff. And you just go, boom. You just shift. Wow. But without fail, if you'll stay diligent, if you'll honor God in every way to the best of your ability, don't look at what you're doing begrudgingly. Look at what you're doing as one of the most fertile fields for evangelism that has ever been put on the planet is the 40-hour work week. And lastly, 
when God says it, just do it. Peter had fished all night long, but he still did what the word of the Lord told him to do. And because he did, his friends, his family, the other boat, they all benefited. Amen. Give God a hand of praise. I'm done teaching. Matter of fact, stand to your feet if you would. If you're here today and you're not right with God, I'd like to speak with you for just a moment.